0: What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Rosa Panta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. Rip City! And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown, PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland
1: Basketball. Tim Johnson. Sir. How you living, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Hey. Just before we get this episode started, I just want to say to our listeners, don't forget we got a giveaway contest going on right now for that yes, dope sir. Dame art print. Uh, you still uh, just have over a week to enter because we're extending it a little bit. Uh, just to let a little uh, little uh, extra time go by for people to uh, comment some more. Uh, we, we're loving hearing the the stories of how you guys became uh, a Trailblazer uh, fan. And uh, just remember, um, you can enter the contest by leaving a reply uh, to our tweet, our Facebook post, or you can even add a review on our Apple Podcast page with with the story of how you became a fan of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, yeah, a leave big, it a review. Yeah, totally. Uh, and a big shout out to Evan MPDX for for the artwork. Uh, he does amazing stuff. If you haven't seen him, uh, seen his art, go and check it out. Um, and I think uh, I think our host wanted to read uh, one of our one of our tweets about how they oh, became yeah. a Trailblazer fan. I
0: will definitely do that. And, you know, at Layton T. Porter, he tweeted us. He said he moved here eight years ago from Alaska, lived across the river from Moda Center, and started walking to the games. Now, him, and I'm assuming his significant other, because he put we're, we're season ticket holders. He said he could tell immediately that Dame was someone special. And he's enjoyed watching him and the, the team steadily grow and work towards a ring. And he also said that it won't be long. Layton, what a review. What a story. Shout out to Dope you. Story. Dope story, my friend. And I'm feeling pretty good because we have both JJ and Blazer Ben on the show. Gentlemen, Welcome.
2: Thanks for having us. We are definitely breaking the college rule of the girl to guy ratio right now. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here.
0: Ben, happy to see you too, my friend.
1: Hey, happy to be here. I don't know how I follow up with that one. How about with a bingo bango bongo?
2: I <laughs> know uh, I think this is
0: Bingo Bango bongo, bongo, baby. There it is. And you know, we just went through a pretty tough stretch of games here. I mean, we had two games against the Timberwolves, two games against the Pelicans, two games against the Mavericks, and one game last night against the Nets, one sixteen to one twelve. I just want to ask you guys, in general, what did you guys think of that that long stretch of games? You know, I'm gonna actually gonna kick it to the co-host Tim. You go first, my friend.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, you know we we've got CJ back, which is good. Um, I it's still gonna take him some time to kind of get his his sea legs back, right? But uh, you know, I I think honestly they did okay. Um, it's gonna be tough when you when you just get you know one of your regular starters back from missing so many games. Um, the first what four five games were one two. Let me just count these up. <laughs> the yeah, first five yeah. games were were good, right? Like, you know, they yeah. came down to the wire. They were close games. Um, we saw um, some definite improvements um, in the in the Pelicans games as far as our defensive uh, issues. Um, you know, that that uh, that first Pelicans game. It seemed like the fourth quarter they really put it on them. Um, and I know we're going to cover these in a little more detail later, but it seemed like that second Pelicans game, the Blazers played the best all-around game. That was their best performance on the offensive and defensive yeah. end. Um, but then, you know, sometimes you just got to get smacked in the face to come back to reality, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened against the Mavericks. Uh, that You know, what is there to say to that? Other than the Blazers, just they weren't on their game and the Mavericks made them pay for it.
0: Yeah, Ben, what did you think?
3: I mean, I can't complain. You know, an over 500 for those last uh, seven games is pretty good. So, uh, bearing the opponents, you know, Pelicans are, you know, on the outside looking in for the playoff hunt. Uh, Mavs are right there too, knocking on the door for that uh, 8, 9, 10 playoff uh, run towards the end um but yeah the the second mavericks game i know there's not much to say about that one you know we shot nine for what 41 from the three-point line that's not going to get you a win not at all Yeah, that's definitely not uh but i like to just reiterate in the pelicans games i liked what i saw in the pelicans game the first one was a tough one uh it did come out victorious uh, you know, we played hard in the last seven minutes is what we needed to see. So normally we usually fall apart in the last seven minutes. And the teams make their comebacks and they get ahead of us and then they win. We held tight. We got the victory. And then we spun it into the next game with the Pelicans as well. And we played a full 48 minutes with that one. Uh, from, from the first buzzer to the last buzzer uh, without looking back. I liked what we saw. Um, the Nets game. It was a loss. I'm just gonna leave it at that.
1: If yeah, I could JJ. chime in if I could chime in real oh, quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I didn't mention the Nets game, but I will say the one positive thing that I saw to come out of that game is the fact that Portland is finally looking for Derek Jones Junior for the oop, cutting to the basket. It's something we've talked about all season. You've got especially after the all star break, we were talking about how we had two dunk contest champions, yet they don't get many dunks in the games, and and Portland doesn't look for it, and it seemed like maybe maybe they were listening to us. Who knows, man? I mean, yeah, they probably seemed, were. I'm obviously, obviously they were <laughs> listening to us because I don't know, I don't know how many dunks Derek Jones uh, Jr. had, but I know he had a handful of alley oop dunks, and they were spectacular.
0: JJ, what did you think of this stretch of games? Like highlights, lowlights, etc.
2: You know, I think a lot of the fans are expecting a lot from CJ. Uh, He didn't shoot well. And the one thing that I wish that I saw CJ do more is go to the line. If you're struggling, uh, the rule of thumb for any basketball player is just to try to draw a foul and get to the line and get your rhythm going. So, I mean, other than that... um, I felt that it was a really good stretch. Uh, we've talked about this before, which you know this year is so unique, where we have these quote-unquote uh, baseball series. And here's a question for the three of you: Which is, um, do you feel that with these mini baseball series that Stotts is showcasing that he could hang in the playoffs, that he's able to make the appropriate adjustments? Do you have faith in him, essentially, is what I'm asking.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. You know, I think with the Timberwolves, we got the first one as a victory. And the Timberwolves fine-tuned their lineup and came out and beat us in the second game. So Stotts didn't do anything to change anything. So he stayed the pattern, and obviously it didn't work. He wasn't proactive. To come uh, combat the Timberwolves in the second game. But as far as the Pelicans, uh, we won the first one. We came back a little stronger in the second one and beat them as well. So I like to feel like we learned off the Timberwolves back to back game on that one. Uh, and then the Mavericks, we beat the Mavericks for the first one. Obviously, couldn't fine tune things. And then the Mavericks just swept us swept the floor on the second game so there's not much to say there i don't know if stats is to blame for that one i, I wouldn't mm-hmm. put the, all the blame on stats on that because uh, i mean we did lose by 40 so you know i feel like that's a team loss at that point but yeah i do like the back-to-back games like i said it is a uh, looking forward to the playoffs when we're in a seven game series playing the same team back to back so it gives us a good opportunity to figure out rotations find who works well at what times throughout the game so you know, I, I enjoy these back-to-backs.
1: Yeah, I I enjoy the back-to-backs too, and, and and you know, it's nice to see what the team can do in in these t- kind of situations. Um, I don't know if if he's I don't know if he's uh, trying to showcase what they can do in a in a series, but I mean. Any any series, you want to make sure you do you do well, right? I mean, you've, you've got a team that is arguably the best talent you've had roster-wise since you've come to Portland. Um, I mean, he's even said that. I mean, of course he wants to, sh- to showcase the talent. I mean, he just got CJ back. You know, that's huge. And, and he hasn't been able to show the full strength of the roster all season. So, you know, uh, as far as... You know, whether or not I have faith in the team in a, in a uh, seven game series, I, I think that still remains to be seen, man. Uh, they, they play well off and on. Um, we haven't. The, the, the thing is, we haven't seen what the team can do with the healthy CJ yet. Yes, he's technically healthy, but he's not the CJ that he was before because he still has a little bit of catch up to do. And we haven't even seen Nurk yet. Uh, I think what he's supposed to be back maybe next week or so um i think that's going to be huge for us but i think again the team's going to have to figure out how to gel again uh just like what they're going through now with cj and you know both these players still need to get their c legs uh under them um you know time will tell but i think i'll have a better idea as far as um how i how i'm going to you know, feel about this team when Nurk gets back and, you know, dear God, please don't let
2: there be any more injuries. <laughs> well, so I'll, I wanted to ask the host, uh, our other host over here, you know, I mentioned CJ having yeah. his struggles, but disregard that. Did you like any of the new rotations with CJ in? Was there anything that was noteworthy? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean the, the,
0: the rotation or the lineup that I particularly like is when Dame is actually resting. And they go small ball. That's that's the best lineup in my opinion. I mean, if you're going to go with CJ, who is not a very good defender, like going small ball might be his best chance um, to really light things up and to just run. So we're talking like CJ, Gary Trent Jr., Mello, Nasir Little. That's That's the X factor to me. Nasir Little and um roko that's probably my favorite lineup with cj in it and i think that to me has been shining in that role i hope to see a lot more of it but the thing i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little crazy here i i actually am really worried with these two game series because so we split the ones with the timberwolves right the timberwolves are the bottom of the barrel they are the bottom in the west we should not be splitting with that team so if Terry Stotts is a good coach, you sweep that team. You sweep the bottom barrel, right? And then the Pelicans game, the Pel- the Pelicans series, the first game, we won 125 to 124. How did we win it? How did we win that game, boys? Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. That was Lillard. a crazy
2: game. Damian crazy game.
0: Lillard. 50 points on 20 <laughs> shots. Are you freaking kidding me? It mm-hmm. should not come to that. To the Pel- Where are the Pelicans ranked right now? They're like in the middle, right? Where are they? Hold on. I'm going to look this up real quick. Pelicans. <laughs>
2: you better be careful.
1: LeVar Lavar's going to come after us, man. He's going to shove his $3,000 shoes down our throats. 11th.
0: <laughs> they are 11th. They're 11th uh, in the standings. You do not let an 11th seed creep up on you like that. You do not. We won one game by one point because a bad man named Damian Lillard scored 50 points. He was the fourth player in NBA history to record over 16,000 points, 400 or 4,000 assists in his first nine season. Other person, LeBron, Big O, Larry Bird. That gentleman bailed us out that game. The second game, I will say, though, we put the smack down. Pelicans scored 93 points. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. The other one scares me, too. The Mavericks, we win, but they score 119 points. And then the next game, we... The Blazers. The high offensive power of the Blazers scored 92. How does that happen? And they said, oh, it's bad shooting. It's bad shooting. Well, do some other things. Get to the line. Shoot some two-pointers, for God's sake. Don't be what, Ben, How what was our shooting percentage from three?
3: Nine for 41 for Nine 22%. For 41. 9 for Nine?
0: 41. I can't get down with that. I can't get yeah, down with the, that. I the don't... Mavs
3: were 19 for 37 at 51%.
0: The worst home loss in franchise history. That scares me. That stretch scares me. I mean, can
1: anyone talk me out of this? I'm going crazy. What do you guys think? No, man. I think I think you're right, man. I, I think it should be uh, it should make you nervous. It should, because the fact that that the Blazers can't uh, hold on to a lead for very long, like they they can't put out put the teams down that they should put down every every day right like what you said with the timberwolves like you should take them out every time there's there's no yeah. reason that they should even be in the fight um I, I i agree with you i will say the thing is we're still not 100 percent, right like even though we have cj back he's not 100 percent yet so I, I mean i've been preaching True. it all season hold on to the hope you know don't don't get too down on this team just yet uh, I know it's kind of getting down to the wire, right, where we have to play well. But this this is the time where if Nurk comes back and they can figure it out and they get hot at the right time, we could be primed to see something very special this year. It, it's possible. Crazier things have happened. And this is a team Blazer that ben, if talk, they do get hot at off the my right ledge, time, man... man
3: Yeah, I mean, it, we, we've always struggled with the sub-500 teams, you know. It's nothing new for us. Every single year, you know, those bottom-of-the-barrel teams, they, they see us on the schedule, and they're like, oh, we might actually have a chance this time around, you know. Uh, so the, the, the Timberwolves came in. They took one from us, you know. They probably, you know, laughed their way out of the arena. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. We always play down to the lower level teams, yeah. And it, we feel like it should be a, a given win. And like we're talking right now, you know, we're losing to the Timberwolves, you know, that that have ten wins. That shouldn't be happening for a team that's twenty-five and eighteen versus a team that's ten and thirty-four. Yeah. But you know, the other teams, they they're gonna get wins. Uh, you know, it, it's not a, a given of who they're gonna get the wins against. You know, we just happen to be. The casualty this time around, but yeah, I, I'm just gonna say it every single year. We we play down to those sub 500 teams, and it's just something that's just dragging us down, and it's just every single year. So,
0: JJ, talk talk me off the ledge, my friend. What do you think?
2: Should okay, I be panicking? So, okay, here's my thing. I'm gonna come at all three of you with stats, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, just hear me out first. The Blazers are 30th in loose balls, 30th in assists, 30th in potential assists, 30th in open 3s, 27th in opponent second chance points, 28th in opponent's field goal percentage, and since the All-Star break, dead last in defensive rating. Okay? But, here's the kicker. Not a last place team
3: true yeah well, and you gotta think there's 30 teams in the NBA too just just for people that don't know that so when JJ says we're ranked 30th that means that means dead last you know, last bottom of the barrel yeah nobody below us
2: so Blazer Ben I gave you all these stats we're not last do you have hope do we need to improve these numbers or do you think it's okay if we're good at what we're good at we'll be fine in the playoffs
3: you got to have hope, man. You, you, if you're not a Blazer fan, if you don't have hope, you know, we never go into it, you know, thinking the best every single time, you know, but I, I have hope, you know. Just, Blazer just, Twitter just, would say to, otherwise. We need to distribute the ball. <laughs> We need to distribute the ball. We need to get the assists up. You know, that's what needs to happen. We need to get the slow down on the one-on-one handle ball. You get ball game with Dame and CJ just dribbling down and trying to get multiple screens. We need mm-hmm. to distribute. It's like with the Nets game. We had a good even distribution of points. I just don't I can't figure out why we lost that game. Because we were up most of it. You know, we just fell apart in the final couple minutes, which is Blazer basketball for you. So, you know, I I, I feel confident even though we're bottom of the barrel and all those stat lines that you said, you know, all we got is room to improve. That's all you could say is we're, we're looking up now. So great yeah,
1: point, Tim, Tim, what do you think? I think defensively you have to get better. If you want a deep run in the playoffs, you have to get better defensively. You can't, you can't just rely on Dane. It's worked in the past. It's going to work to a point going forward, but it, that's not, that's not what's going to take you to the promised land. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we can say that Damian Lillard will lead us to the promised land. Or when, if and when he does, we can say Dame got us there. But at the same time, as a team, you have to improve those defensive numbers. You can't expect to go far being dead last. Yeah, and I,
0: I 100% agree. you got to be better defensively. I don't know what's going to make that happen. I think the only way that does happen is either some lineup changes or Nasir Little all of a sudden becomes the man that we think is gonna be and becomes a defensive beast. I mean the dude is like what like 6'9, something like no, that. But he's got he's a six, seven six. foot he's six six, but he's got a, a six, seven five, foot wingspan. Me. <laughs> I mean, like, he he has looked great in spots defensively. And I honestly don't think. Nurkic is the person that's going to come back and set the tone for defense. I know that some people may think otherwise that he is going to, like, help bring more tenacity. But I was looking up in all of December when Nurkic was healthy. I looked just in December. We were still ranked dead last defensively with Nurkic. So I don't even know if he's the solution. Um, Honestly maybe a trade is out there what do you guys think about trade possibilities or what do you guys think of my general statement about
2: Nurkic? well nurk the my thing is when he comes back he's a big man and he has to get into shape
1: that's my reservation but but from what we've from from the reports that have come out is that he has been getting into shape that i think the the issue with his uh, lack of production early in the season, is that he came into into camp out of shape. Um, You know, part of that was, I think a lot of it was due to everything surrounding COVID and and things that have affected his family. Um, But, you know, I I think you guys are focusing on what happened at the beginning of the season, and, and rightfully so, but I think we also have to think about what if Nurk does come back and returns to form? You know what what can we uh, expect from from that and I think to do that you have to think about you know what was what was he doing before he broke his leg you know like he was playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen from a Portland center Um, and you know back then I mean he's I mean you're talking he's gonna be better defensively than Ennis Cantor to to our my co-host Rose point, he may not move the needle that much. He may not. <laughs> you know? He for all the listeners that don't know, we had quite the heated debate earlier today. Oh yeah, we had a heated debate <laughs> about whether or not
0: uh Nurkic was better than Cantor enough to move the needle. I said
1: no. To make Strongly. a difference. Strongly here, no. Here's the thing, man. Like like even if he doesn't move it enough, whatever enough is. He's gonna move it some, which is a step in the right direction. And if he starts moving that needle, who's the next guy up that's gonna move that needle? Like, what? May, maybe something happens on the team. They see him putting in the effort, making plays. Maybe something happens. Maybe they start. I don't know. Maybe some chemistry happens. Freaking biology. I don't know. Maybe they all. Maybe 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 there's a big bang that's about to happen. And, we become phenomenal yeah. basketball players and go and help the team. I don't know. I'm just talking out of my rear end here. Well, but to, to I'm, to echo, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like there, there, there is a possibility that when Nert comes back, if he can return to form, he could improve our overall defense tremendously.
3: It's like what when you came back in? into the bubble uh, last year. He was not in condition, and you can tell that. You saw. You know 20 minutes into the game he was huffing and puffing you know he's gonna come back in this year after only playing 12 games and he's gonna need to you know fill that gas tank with some premium you know cj hasn't got there yet you know he's running on unleaded so you know he needs that premium gas to get going yes yeah. you know nurk was before he was out was only averaging 9.8 points and seven rebounds a game mm-hmm. okay he was 55% from the free throw line. Now you compare that to Cantor right now, who's obviously getting more run because he's played in 43 games. Cantor's averaging 12 and 11, and he's 77% from the free throw line. You know, these bigs, when they get those offensive rebounds, most of the time they're gonna get fouled on their putbacks. So to be effective from the free throw line I feel is huge for me. So I don't know if, if Nurkic is gonna come back and he's gonna be to form. You know, And like you said, he's going to move the needle. I don't know if he's going to, but I, I, I welcome him back still. I welcome him, but it's not going to be a, an earth shaker. No.
1: I mean, yeah. I think, I
2: think and, the good thing is... Go ahead, JJ. I, I was just going to say that Nurk could do all the Jazzercise, Taibo, Power Walking that he wanted to <laughs> and be in shape right now. But players always talk about in-game shape versus being in shape during... The off season. There's a total difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, maybe that's you true. Be,
1: you know? That's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll just leave it at that. That's true. <clears throat> Time will tell. We'll see what happens. Um, All right. I am I am excited for Nurk to come back. I think he's going to make a difference. We'll just see what that difference will be. This is the game that I'm going to play.
0: So let's say that we have another 12-game tel- stretch. With with Nurkic with Nurkic in, okay. What ranking defensively do you think we're going to move? So we're talking about we're what dead last right now. You talking twenty eighth a- sometimes? You talking after those twelve games? I'm talking when Nurkic is back for twelve games. Mm-hmm. So from thirtieth, how much further up do you
1: think we get defensively? in rankings. I mean in in those 12 games, I'm going to say we may jump a point or two. I mean mainly because he's not going to have his legs under him, right? He's not going to be in game shape. So we're not we're not going to see the 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 benefits of him back in the lineup immediately. Maybe towards yeah, ben, the end what do that, you think? Maybe towards the end of that 12 game sk- stretch, but we'll see.
3: I mean, I don't feel like we're giving up a lot of points in the paint. We're giving up points in the perimeter. You know, it's gonna help if Nurk's gonna help on the defensive and he's gonna help on the drives. You know, he's gonna clog the lane up when Cantor's out. So, which is what we're lacking right now. Cantor sits on the bench, you know, Rocco Melo, they come in, they start playing the five, which you know, they're they're not used to clogging the center. They're not gonna jump for a block. They're gonna try to do the perimeter defense as much as possible. And if someone drives on him then so be it. They'll be there, but they're not going to do a stop. And so I think to always have a constant seven-footer in the, in the middle is going to help us for the James Hardens, for the LeBron James, for the Zion Williamson's that are just driving towards the middle looking for the fouls. You know, as long as they go straight up, you know, that's all we can ask for them, just, just to be a big presence in the middle. So, you know, I, I'd like to see the defensive stoppage increase. I'm not gonna say it's it, like I said I'm not gonna say it's gonna be an earth shaker uh, we'll, we'll still probably be bottom of the barrel but yeah. you know like I said there's only the only looking up only can go positive
0: JJ how many points do you think we go up how many spots uh, in ranking do you think we go
2: up if any I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep writing this thought that we've said in the beginning of the year um, I believe the Blazers team has so much talent but the reason that we're lacking in these rankings and defense is the head coach. Yeah, I mean I might have to agree with you a little bit there, just because if you're if we're talking about perimeter
0: defense, what that really comes down to is being able to switch, being really good switching, and being able to like an- anticipate those passes and read the the plays well. And I think sometimes you get a little lost if there's too many rules in your defense. I don't know if that's necessarily what's going on, but maybe maybe um, like
2: uh let me just add one more thing which is like when when you play basketball one weak link could damage your whole your whole like chemistry with the team on defense so maybe mr johnson's right nurk will be this the savior of the blazers and lead them to the yeah, promised I land mean, you you never know
1: what that catalyst <laughs> yeah. is gonna be is all i'm saying yeah
2: right yeah you don't know what the catalyst is
1: and Nurk seems to be a catalyst for this team. That's all I'm yeah, trying to that's, say.
0: That's that's well put. That's definitely well put. I actually have an injury update. Jason Quick of the Athletic has reported that the team is gaining hope that Zach Collins can return before playoffs. Gentlemen, do do we care? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you guys think of this update? <laughs> I mean, it's great he's going to be back, right? Uh, That gives us another body to literally throw at somebody. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do with a guy who hasn't played for the majority of his career here, right? Yeah. Ben, what do you think?
3: We could ask Greg Oden. You know, he might have some light on this one. Get him (laughs) on the pod. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't, you know, I I had high, high hopes for Zach. You know, a couple years ago when he showed some promise, then his injuries. You know, his injuries are unavoidable, and they come. Uh, unfortunately, his injuries are long-standing injuries. You know, so I I don't even know what he's going to play, minutes-wise, if if much at all.
1: I mean, here's you know, the thing: when he I... comes back, it's going to have to be limited minutes. It's going
2: to have yeah. to be right. It it would definitely have to be. JJ, what do you think? I mean, well, I wouldn't even give him minutes. We have. So many people on the bench that have been playing, they know the system. And these these players need to get you know need to get ready for the postseason. So I don't wanna be mean. Yeah, and but honestly. Sorry, dude. And honestly,
1: yeah. I, I know I keep butting into your guys' parts, but honestly, man, I would much rather <laughs> ride with my with my co host boy Harry Giles over Zach Collins right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love Zach Collins
0: I love so that he rocks I. a turtleneck With a nasty chain You know <laughs> Looking real fly Looking like g Easy on the sideline um, But man Sorry man there There's not enough room for you There's not enough room for you Zach I'm sorry um, And also I have an update A busted bucket update Rosa Panta Is off the Harry Giles Bandwagon I'm off it. 100%. <laughs> I am buying stock in Nasir Little. I bought all the Nasir Little stock. I'm on that ride now. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but that's the ride that I'm on. I mean, I mean he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so with Nurk coming back, with CJ coming back, I'm going to play a little game with you guys. It's basically how do we spread our minutes? So I'm gonna I'm gonna name some people. I'm gonna name five people. Their minutes are untouchable. Dame, C.J., Gary Trent Jr., Nurkic, and then the debatable one is Mellow. And the reason why I'm putting Mellow as untouchable minutes is because basically we've committed to being caterers of his legacy, right? He's, he, we're we're married to Mellow, unfortunately. He's going to get his minutes. So that leaves Little, Hood, Simons, Gary Trent, or sorry, Giles, Cantor, Collins, and Derek Jones Jr. So if you're like trying to manipulate the minutes here, who gets the lion's share of the rest? Cantor? I'm going to go with JJ. JJ, go ahead.
2: You have to play Cantor. Look at his numbers. Yeah. Straight up. Like, how could you argue that?
0: Yeah. And after Cantor, how would you
2: order it, you think? Go Cantor, I mean we need slashers, so DJ, Derek yeah. Jones, um I hate I hate that argument where you know we get playing into Melo's legacy, but I'm gonna let the other two fellas chime in on that. Yeah. Tim, what do you
1: think? I think if you want to win ball games, you don't worry about someone's legacy, personally. Yep. Um, yeah. That's why I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you as far as whose who's minutes are untouchable. Because I don't think Melo's minutes are untouchable. Because the thing is, man, if he's not scoring, he's useless. He doesn't play defense. And when he does, it's typically subpar or league average at best. And I mean that, that what else needs to be said, man? If he doesn't score, he doesn't need to be on the on the floor. And we have other guys that can score. Now where I think his minutes can be useful is when you're trying to burn some clock and you need someone who can maybe take someone on the low block or something, waste some time, right? Turn around and hit that smooth J, right? But I think I think Melo's minutes are adjustable i guess um but i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with with jj here and say Cantor's number one on the list man his play has i mean he's he should be dominating the backup minutes right um after after him it's got to be Derek. and i I tell you who you don't play zach collins you don't you don't play <laughs> Harry Giles. Right? And you and you really you probably Man. don't even need to play Simons. Really? Because you got you got CJ and Dame who can be interchangeable for the most part. And then you got Little and Hood here, right? My question all season is, have we really needed Hood? We've got so many similar players on the roster. Like, do we really need Hood? So I guess in that respect, for me, it would be Cantor, Derek, and and Little. And Little is who you'd give the minutes to. Yeah. But I, I man, yeah, I don't think, do you think I don't think you play Hood. I
3: got Hood's our third ball handler, man. Behind Dame and CJ who's our third ball handler. No one else is gonna bring the ball down, you know, and, and set the plays. It's unfortunate. Uh yeah, I, I mean I see Simons I do it from time to time. Simons is done, man. Simons time with the Blazers is is done for this season. Ooh, uh, you heard not it here. any run unless it's in a unless it's in a forty point blowout. Yeah. breaking, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it, Who's, who's to say we're not even going to be surprised if Simon doesn't move tomorrow before the trade deadline at uh, noon Pacific? It could happen. You know, Simon Hood. Hood could be a move tomorrow before the trade deadline Hood's, as well. Hood's got to go. are talking Norman Powell from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, even, they're even throwing out Victor Oladipo, who I'd love to see in a Blazer uniform, although he would be competitive at CJ's position. So I don't mm-hmm. see that working out. You know, Norman Powell would be way better for us. But that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about time and and minutes. You know, I got Little and Hood. They're going to be sharing 20 minutes a game, 25 between the two of them. Uh, Giles is, nope, Giles is the bench. Giles will come in for a last-ditch effort for size if need be. Uh, Collins, nope. Collins is going to get some run in the blowouts just to get some legs underneath them, if anything. And Cantor, I mean, I'm going to propose this question real quick. What do you think about Cantor and Nurk playing together?
1: Tim? I swear that's what I was just saying. <laughs> does that... My question is, does that move the needle enough? I don't think we
3: talked about that playing together. Because I like the together. idea of
1: it. <laughs> hmm. I, yeah, well, dude. I like the idea of it.
0: I I personally have problems with it. The reason why I say this is because you need... You need Dame and CJ to have enough space on the floor to attack. And if you got two dudes in Cancer and Nurkic who everyone's going to play off of, you're not going to play on them, right? When you're playing defense, you're just going to rotate off them like like that, right? So, to me, I think that's a problem. If if you want to flash that lineup and see what the other people do, I think that's kind of interesting, but as like a really as a lineup that's going to quote unquote move the needle I don't I don't like it what do you guys think of that
3: yeah I'll, I'll agree with you on that like I said the people that'll be defending them will just be clogging the lane too so it, yeah. it just eliminates our entire drive game and we need players out there to stretch the floor to open up the lane versus clog it you know we don't need two seven footers setting back-to-back screens up on the t- the top of the arc you know because they're their they're defenders you know probably are going to switch but you know then there's going to be that second seven footer that's still cl- sitting there clogging the lane eliminating the drive
0: we might get every single rebound possible
1: I th- yeah <laughs> I think I think it makes sense I, I like what you said about flashing it here and there I think it makes sense against the bigger teams Uh, but I mean it, obviously it doesn't make sense if, if the other teams playing small ball you know it just it just doesn't Um. Because you're going to get run off the court. But I think, you know, going up against, you know, the Lakers, I mean, shoot, even the Timberwolves, man. Like, if, if somebody has a decent big man, I think it could be interesting to see.
2: The Nuggets. Yeah. That would be a great duo against the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would agree, too. And
0: I wanted to ask you guys this like, other than Damian Lillard and CJ, like the first half of the season when he was healthy. Um. Who has been the team's MVP besides those two? JJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first.
2: This is gonna be unanimous. Uh, Watch. Unpopular. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> it's probably gonna be Cantor. He filled in the shoes that people thought he couldn't fill in. Yeah, and, that's a good answer. You know, um. That's that's my pick. Tim, what do you think? It's really tough,
1: but uh Canter. Yeah. 100% Canter. Although I will say <laughs> Rocco's been playing really well as of late. After the All-Star break, he's been playing really well, but yeah, man, it's got it's got to be Cantor. All season. He's been amazing. All season.
2: Yep. Ben.
3: I'm going to make it a sweep. I'm going to say Ennis, you know, he's he's playing a position that he wasn't signed on to be a starting center for us. He is a starting center caliber player, I I will say that, but he wasn't signed on to do that for us, and he's fulfilling that role tremendously, Uh, I'd say excelling with it, you know, averaging double-double, and like I said, his free throw percentage and overs 77% from the line, that's huge for a big man, and I will back Tim on Rocco being a, a close second, you know, with his defensive efforts, like I want to say that you don't see the stats that show up in the box score that Rocco's doing. You know, the tip balls, the deflections, the the defensive aggressiveness, you don't see that stuff show up on the box score, and that's what Rocco's doing, like Tim said, on the second half of this, after the All-Star break. He's, he's really shown out uh, for who we signed him up for. So, I, I think Roko's second, but I'm going to give it to Anis and, you know, do a full sweep here.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I think it is Cantor and Nobody you know, asked for you. the same thing that you guys said. <laughs> and how dare you? <laughs> but I think I think Roko actually I, I could see people answering Roko, and the reason why I say this is because I'm gonna echo what Ben said. Um stuff doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Also, that the lineups that Stotts is able to use are so creative with Roko at the five. And it's something that Dame and CJ has not had the luxury of having before. Someone who can be so switch, like switchable, at the five, and also run the floor, space the floor. I think when we come to the playoffs, we're gonna see just how valuable Roko is. Um,
2: yeah. I don't know if I should. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just JJ. gonna chime in here and thank you for asking that last question because your other questions made me feel like we were attacking our boys. First, you asked us about some turtleneck necklace wearing Zach Collins question, (laughs) where you know the answer for this fool is not going to play, but you wanted to set us up for failure anyways. And you're going to ask us, hey, should we play Mellow? And then you know, damn well, what we're going to say about that? So thank you for ending with that question and that's going to bring us to
0: our
1: next segment and that of course is called giving props come prop up on thrive fantasy this season thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports for example Wednesday's DFS
0: featured Damian Lillard's combined points rebounds and assists total at 44.5 if you pick the over it was worth 100 points. If you picked the under, it was worth 115 points. Thrive Fantasy also had Clint Capella's blocks total at 1.5 blocks. If you picked the over, it was 80 points. If you picked the under, it was 120 points. It's a
1: fun and easy way to get into fantasy. Use promo code BUSTED when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com Sign up and prop up today Indeed prop up today And I'm going to start with our definition And that of
0: course is giving applause Giving kudos to a certain person Story or situation So JJ Tim Ben I want to know if you give this props An Arizona man Is accused of faking his own kidnapping To evade work when the police arrived, they found a man with his hands bound behind his back by a belt and a bandana stuffed in his mouth in Coolidge, Arizona. JJ, do you give this man props for faking his own
2: kidnapping? No, absolutely not. He reminds me of a, twe- a tween posting a selfie of himself and wanting likes for the attention. Right? <laughs> or you could say are you lazy dude you can't even go to work man up you gotta work if you don't like your job then do something about it Tim what do you think do you give him props dang man I feel like that upset JJ
1: (laughs) he got angry (laughs) Uh, no man I can't give this guy props like first of all look at the picture man like I'm pretty sure he used his own belt like doesn't he have another belt or anything else to tie his hands up like that looks like he just took it off his own pants right am i just am i just seeing this wrong like excuse me Maybe. officers uh they, <laughs> excuse me officers as you can see i'm wearing my my work shirt and somebody took my own belt and tied my hands up like if you were gonna get kidnapped wouldn't they wouldn't they already have the equipment to, to tie you up like why are they using your belt? it's true Anyway, no, no, no props.
0: Uh, ben, <laughs> what do you, no props. Ben, what do you think, my friend?
3: Uh, let's just point out this guy worked at a tire shop, okay? You know, the, the work is not too excruciating, I would say, to the point where you need to fake your own kidnapping. Uh, he says here in his police report that after running an errand, he returned to his home where two masked men abducted him near his vehicle, struck him in the back of his head, and knocked him unconscious, according to the arrest report. That's pretty elaborate, okay? I mean, did he <laughs> not get a bonus? Was he out of his sick time? What was going on? Who took on? the was photo
1: of- is my question.
3: <laughs> right? Probably the police report would be my guess. You know, they have to document this <laughs> to take it back to the station to get a good laugh. So, you know.
1: So so he was no asleep yeah. when yeah. they Unanimous. when they showed up? Was, was he asleep when they showed up, though? Like, like the cops just showed up and they're like, oh, this guy's obviously been kidnapped and knocked unconscious. Let's take a quick photo, real quick selfie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not sure, but we
0: have a clean sweep. No props for this man. I don't know how bad work was, but dang, that is going pretty far. For our next topic, during a Mavs and Clippers game, Jeff Van Gundy said this, There should be a stat that tracks time that a player complains. Maybe call it TC. That way we could say that a team complains a lot. We could look down at the stat sheet and actually see the evidence. I'm going to go with Blazer Ben. Do you give props for Jeff Van Gundy's idea?
3: Absolutely. I was thinking this myself a couple weeks ago uh, about the the calls that people don't get and they turn around to the refs throw their hands in the air slows the game down whoever that person is Gardens, cruising down the court getting a layup because they're back there complaining you know I, I was throwing this around that they need to start handing out uh, delay of games like they do for the teams <laughs> for individual players you know you get two delay of games technical but you're not going to get thrown out of the game you're just going to get them stacked up stacked up stacked up stacked up hopefully that approved the flow of the game it gets the complaining down you know lebron will finally will get to see his greatness once again you know because he's showing yeah. his age uh <laughs> where he's got to complain about every single thing i mean dame's even you know dame even does it so you know nobody's exempt from the rule everybody complains uh, it just i feel it slows the game down i love what jeff van gundy said he sees it you know uh he called it out i love it i give him props
1: tim what you think I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say, if they start doing that, Portland's gonna be in trouble, man, because Dame <laughs> talks to the refs a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I I think it's a cool idea. Uh, the fact that you know, maybe they wouldn't foul out would be a good idea because you're gonna have teams with no one on the roster left. You're gonna have teams forfeiting because they don't have enough players to field a, a team.
3: No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody gets thrown out. Nobody gets thrown yeah, out. Yeah, no, 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 that's what like I'm like saying. No, I, I
1: like point. that idea. But uh yeah, man, I mean I, I think I think anything that will improve the pace of, of play in the game is a good thing. I'm gonna go yes, but but my question to you is, what would we call it?
0: Oh, that's a great question.
1: Like, does it get named after a player? The LeBron? The Westbrook, who is,
0: who is notorious, uh, like notorious for complaining to the refs.
1: The James Harden.
0: Can we dig like someone from the past, like '90s basketball? Was there wa- someone who complained do, a lot? in Do you 90s want me basketball? to name drop my
2: dude right now? Go for it. I I hate. Well, first of all, let me just Draymond? say I hate complainers. Well, not Draymond, but I love Draymond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will admit hey, that. Hey, he's he's but, the best defender on, you know? ever. According
2: to him, <laughs> I love the confidence. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say this straight up. If you disagree, you're not a Blazer fan. Come on, how are you gonna hate on Sheep? Oh man.
0: True. Yeah, I'm gonna say true. That's Is that true? Is that facts?
1: In the 90s, I mean, technical. I don't know if Sheep. he was in the most technicals but, but that's, that's what, not necessarily But that's when they handed out technicals for that stuff. That's not <laughs> that that wasn't necessarily for him complaining. That you just oh, like man. to talk. Mm.
3: Yeah. I feel he the refs has, I feel like the refs right now are too afraid to hand out these technicals like they did back in the day. You know? I think I think
0: Sheed might have the most probably demonstrative
1: interactions with the man, refs. Sheed wasn't She'd got a technical for not saying a word. He got a tech for looking. Well,
0: for looking. I guess yeah. he wasn't
1: looking. He was looking hard. I mean, he was staring, yeah, right? Like staring. Let's just call it yeah, how it is. Like but death stare. She'd she got a tech for staring. He didn't get a tech for complaining. He was just <laughs> politely letting the ref know that he messed up.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. J- JJ, do you give props or no props for Jeff Van Gundy?
2: Um. I don't know. I, I don't like complaint, like, comp- like keeping track of complaints. I think that's pretty petty. But if you're going to do... like I do agree with uh, Tim and Ben, which is like, I want a better flow of the game. If you're going to have players not complain, then at least let them talk smack on the court. Like handing out texts after dunking yes. and mocking the other player. Let them do that, man. Yes. Come on. That's, yeah. that's yes. part of the Thank game. Like, that's part of the I game. I would love that. It's like, on, it's, would like, love that too.
1: it's like when the NFL took away uh, touchdown celebrations. Yeah, celebrations, exactly. <laughs> That's part of the game.
0: I'm gonna say that we're we're mostly giving props to Jeff Van Gundy, and our next story is the legendary Brian Scalabrini was putting up shots at a local gym when a high schooler challenges him to a game one-on-one, and RJ, our video producer, has video for us. Play that video, my friend. Here he is, talking with the high schooler. They're working on terms of the of the one-on-one match. Here's Brian Scalabrini. They're negotiating. It looks like they're gonna play for shoes. And here we go. Mmm, starts with a block. Scalabrini crosses over. Pivots around, bodies him. Gets a nice little hook shot. And Brian Scalabrini just starts going to work. Like, look at that nice fadeaway. It's a nice jumper for three. He wins the game. That's it. He wins. 11-0. I want to know, do you guys give Brian Scalabrini props for this footage?
2: I'm going to start with JJ. I mean, I think it's cool when you shut people up, but it's like, you didn't have to prove anything, dude. You just whipped someone's ass for nothing. Like, I think it's cool, though. No, 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 no. he got his shoes. He got shoes. But it's like, uh, I don't know. It's a high school student. You shouldn't get that energy off. It's like... You're giving this one high school kid some attention now, so I'm 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 like in the middle, man. Like I like to shut people up, sh- shut people up when they talk too much, but at the same time, it's like, come on, you're you're giving attention to some high school kid, right? Right. So you're like halfway, I'm like halfway, halfway props. Yeah, halfway props.
1: Tim, what you think? Okay, let me ask you this: If you, how many times have you been at a gym? And seen an NBA or ex-NBA player shooting hoops. And you thought about challenging them to one-on-one. Because you thought, maybe, maybe there's a chance you could beat them. And they uh, they gifted um, you that chance. Like a hundred times. No, no, no. And, and, they, and they gifted you that chance. Right? Brian Scalabrini gifted this kid a chance to take him out one-on-one. Here's the thing, man. Brian Scalabrini is still... A professional athlete he's still gonna ball this kid up but the kid he gave the kid a chance so I have to give Brian Scalabrini props for that man like that's I think that's super dope personally
0: yeah I mean he had everything to lose Ben what do you think
3: Well let's just put this out there Brian Scalabrini last season in the NBA was 2012 okay He's been out of the league for eight years. I'm sure you don't lose a shot. You know, I'm sure you give a ball to Jordan, he's gonna sink it. You know, regardless of where he's at. But also, on another hand, I'm not gonna walk up to Gordon Ramsay and be like, "Hey, man, let's have a cooking competition." You know, uh, I'm sure I can make scallops way better than you can, bro. Let's do it, right? No, uh, Scalabrini had nothing to prove. Uh, I've his days in Boston, man. He's just, oh, it's just loved watching him play with the Boston team yeah I I just like seeing him still being able to ball you know regardless of who he's playing I have a little sore spot for Mr. Scalabrini I give him props I liked it
0: yeah I'll give him props too I also give props to Ben for using Brian Scalabrini and Michael Jordan in the same sentence (laughs) Brian Scalabrini man he's 43 years old the man is 43 does that make you guys feel old because that makes me feel old. 43 years old, still hooping against a high schooler, Body him up, going 11-0. I got to give him props. And hey, you know, that, that concludes our good. pod for today. That feet work was good. That concludes our pod. And JJ from the Bay Area, thank you, my friend, for dropping by. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to be on again. Blazer Ben, thank you, my friend.
3: Always a pleasure.
0: And, of course, our last thank you goes to our fans. You're always hitting us up on Twitter, replying to us during games. And, Tim, what you got to say?
1: Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.